Welcome to the PR Resolution Podcast. I'm your host, Stella Bales. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing experts in emerging areas of PR. We'll be taking those hot topics in public relations, dispelling any myths, breaking down the jargon, so you are completely clued up and ready to speak to your stakeholders by the time you reach the office. If you have any questions around the episode, please feel free to tweet me at Stella Bales. Innovative public relations is talked about a lot in our industry. Often people will assume it's about using a brand new tactic or the latest techniques in a campaign. I disagree. I actually think that innovative public relations is about finding out that insight that's really going to grow your client's business or help your client achieve their objectives and joining all the dots, no matter what they are, to help them get there. In today's episode, I've got a great example of what I mean. I interviewed Jim Hawker. He's a co-founder of Agency 3Pipe, which is based in the UK. He shares with me how some insights they found out about Amazon actually ended up being one of the biggest service areas for their clients. So 3Pipe found out that half of every e-commerce dollar that's spent in the US is spent on Amazon. That's huge. And that's growing across the world. That's not just the US. There's more product searches now on Amazon than anywhere else. That includes Google. So they knew that they had to get their clients more visible. Jim, in our interview, explains why Amazon is the new Google for FMCG brands, how 3Pipe discovered that there are brand new competitors that their clients hadn't even considered before, how brand reputation comes into play in this new strategy, also how their PR team have adapted their tactics and the way that they approach an Amazon strategy, why being bold in trying new techniques doesn't just build your client's business, and also if you're sat here thinking, ah, wow, this seems like a big new skill set to have to go and learn. Well, even if you don't want to hire a new skill set, if you're working in product PR, you absolutely have to educate in this area. Jim explains exactly why. Here's Jim. Today, I am joined by Jim Hawker at 3Pipe. Thanks for joining me, Jim. Great to be here. So I have been uh, quietly watching what 3Pipe have been doing for many years now. Some of the listeners will know uh, my background has been PR and SEO at a digital marketing agency. And I went from PR to SEO and I saw three pipes journey around the sort of same kind of time doing doing similar things but also acquiring different um, digital marketing setups and I've just absolutely loved seeing the development from PR to sort of full service digital marketing pretty much if you don't if that if that's the right way to describe you but we had a chat a couple of weeks ago and Jim mentions some new work that they're doing around Amazon optimization and I I had to step back and say, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so we wanted to uh, capture this. So Jim, you're going to share a little bit more about uh, what you're doing with clients around Amazon's days, the yeah, new sure. service. Yeah, so uh, uh, more and more of our conversations with clients were turning, around, um, turning to Amazon and helping them build out an Amazon strategy, whether they were on Amazon or not on Amazon. Amazon is either a threat or an opportunity to a lot of the brands that we're working with 
and it became more and more important because more and more people were using Amazon as a, as a search engine um, with more product search starting on Amazon than on Google. And the, the purchase intent is a lot higher on Amazon than on Google. And so, Can we yeah. stop, sorry, to jump in, which is yeah. really rude and not a very good interviewing technique, but... Having come from uh, a search agency, so when I when first came from PR to into search, I was, and this might sound very basic, but I don't mind admitting it, I was shocked at how many people do actually use Google every single day. And actually, when you really do think about everybody pulling the phone out of their pocket, you're like, oh, oh yeah, of course it is the amount it is. I think it's billion, six billion a day. But you just mentioned very quickly there in, in your intro that more people are searching for products, did you products, say, on yeah, Amazon? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even realise that. So that's yeah. uh, quite a big fact that anyone in retail marketing should really be aware of. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. I mean, I think, I can't remember what the latest stat is, but last year it was sitting at about 54% um, of product search starting on Amazon. And again, the latest stat I heard actually this morning was that half of every e-commerce dollar in the US is spent on Amazon at the moment. So, you know, it is a huge thing. And actually, it's just one part of the Amazon empire. But actually, yeah, it's um, more and more of our clients are sort of waking up to actually getting serious about it. Yeah. So, again, this might be a, a, a silly question, but are all of your clients in the retail space or do you have a mix? Uh, we have a real mix, but actually um, you don't have to be a retail client to be thinking about Amazon. Okay. Um, and I think that's the interesting thing because, you know, the Amazon audience is traditionally uh, quite ABC1. It's very metropolitan. And actually you can run a lot of campaigns through Amazon as a branding opportunity and I think you're seeing a lot more marketing spend from uh, financial services companies for instance that are keen to get a bit more awareness in front of that audience because actually um, they've got less places to go because you know there's, there's a duopoly at the moment for, for media advertising between Google and Facebook and that's why you're seeing a shift in marketing spend coming to Amazon whether it's to drive product or actually just drive brand awareness. Can you give us an example of a brand awareness piece or like where, or even if it's not an exact example, but where a consumer would see that branding maybe? Yeah, sure. So it's half term at the moment. Uh, last night I flipped open my uh, Kindle device and saw an advert uh, aimed at me as a parent to take my kids to go and see the latest Paw Patrol movie. Yeah. yeah, because they know what kind of products I'm buying, they know what kind of yeah. brands, what kind of licenses I'm interested in. And so whoever's behind the Paw Patrol movie are pushing for half-term uh, awareness to take your kids to, to the nearest cinema. Yeah, so the insight that they've got is probably a lot more targeted than other places online. Yeah, of course yeah. it is. Makes sense. Okay, so what kinds of, so yeah, what, what kind of things are you doing for your clients for uh, on Amazon right now? Yeah, I mean, we uh, at the moment, we're sort of starting at the basics, which is like, okay, let's do an audit of wh where you're currently sitting on Amazon. And, and the interesting thing about Amazon is that we can actually scrape so much data uh, that we can't from other platforms. So if you are a brand on Amazon, we can tell you exactly how much, how much sales you're leaking to your competitors. So we can see how, many, how much, what's the search intent around your product or your category and how much of those sales you're missing out on. And the interesting thing is actually, it's not the usual suspects from your competitor landscape perspective. You're seeing really agile brands that you've never heard of, born out of China, doing interesting things from a supply chain perspective, coming to market really quickly with products 
that are really cannibalizing a lot of established legacy brand opportunities. And so actually a lot of our clients are not even aware of the competitors they're actually losing revenue to on, on Amazon, which is really interesting. And then we, from there, we sort of help them build out a plan. And I guess it's using the basics of um, SEO and paid search to some extent, but in that Amazon ecosystem. So half the time, a lot of uh, our clients, are their products are not discoverable. They're not optimized you know, for, for how people are searching or which categories they're searching in. Um, they haven't really understood how Amazon operates as a search engine in itself. And I think that's, that's where we're educating clients. Okay, so um, so I wanted to like, stop on that point. So some of our uh, some of the listeners of uh, this podcast um, know some things about search and SEO, um, but for those that don't, it's probably worth saying the reason why we're talking about this and what probably search is because of PR's huge uh, influence on 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 search. Uh, for Google search as, as much as I know anyway uh, and the fact that anything that's um, sort of like earned media Google will look to see that as a great recommendation we can do a whole another podcast on this but PR definitely has its place there does earned media and PR have any influence at all on on Amazon or is it a completely different kind of algorithm well the the, the Amazon algorithm is called the a9 algorithm um it's because because there's nine factors that um impact um how you become discoverable through through its algorithm but um yeah it's slightly different from the google opportunity for pr people because you know you can uh incorporate best seo best practice and and help your clients from a from a google perspective obviously within amazon it's slightly bespoke it's slightly different it's within an ecosystem separate ecosystem I i find the way that we're helping from a pr perspective is product reviews, product placement, driving people to specific Amazon branded stores or Amazon landing pages and URLs. So there's there's a lot you can do from a sort of supporting um, uh, campaign, but probably outside of the Amazon world. So um, Christmas was recent, yeah. <laughs> not that long ago, although it feels like it was about a year ago because January has been the longest month ever. Um, so gift guides with, with products, that was maybe some of the tactics within your PR team, am I yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, and influencer outreach. So um, where we're collaborating with influencers on product reviews, you know, we can engineer a, a, um, an agreement, a link back to the Amazon store rather than to the brand site. So there, there are ways of supporting an Amazon strategy from a, from a PR perspective. But yeah, I think, I think at the moment that's where we're seeing the limitations from a PR play. Um, and it's probably more um, from, it's more traditional SEO techniques and paid search techniques coming into the Amazon offer. I guess from going to PR measurement, everyone knows that I like talking about PR measurement though, that to have that full picture of, here is a PR campaign, but it doesn't stop there. Here's the links, here's the click-throughs, and then you start your whole analysis of what then happens on Amazon. I mean, that is a lovely picture to, to yeah. be able to draw for your clients. Yeah, it's, it's no different from any, I mean, if you take the example of Christmas gift guides, you know, where which retailer do you want the consumer to go and buy uh, that product at? You know, so for a lot of our clients, say we work with a few toy companies, it might be, Smith's Toys or the Entertainer would be the URL you're trying to get as part of you know where to go and buy this. Increasingly, it's becoming Amazon because in the 
toy sector especially, you're, you're, you're seeing that audience migrate onto Amazon because Toys R Us is gone, Mother Care's gone. Uh, even the news this morning that Groupon's going to stop selling products, um, okay. actual products by the end of this year. I feel like I'm finding out a lot of groundbreaking news <laughs> like, in this season. It's only right. been five minutes. So. So <laughs> where, where, where do you go to buy those products these days? And actually, increasingly, for, for a very sort of millennial Gen Z audience, it is Amazon. So, oh, yeah. you know, um, they're eating everyone else's lunch. Uh, rightly or wrongly, if you love Amazon or not, and there's reasons to not like Amazon as much as to love Amazon, that's that's where that's where a lot of our conversations are at the moment, and that's where a lot of growth potential is for our clients. So, um, how I mean, how many of your clients are you doing this kind of Amazon work for? So we 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 launched our Amazon team about six months ago. We finally came out of beta, I guess, a month or so ago. Um, but we've been in development for 12 months. We've developed our own technology um, in-house to help us, help our teams do that. We've got um, six people that are working specifically on Amazon um, and uh, not just UK, but France and Germany as well. Um, I'd say we have about a dozen clients at the moment um, of varying sizes, um, some retained, some more campaign-led, but mostly they're retained um, pieces of work and across all different categories. Um, so yeah, we've got toy companies, we've got food companies, we've got healthcare businesses as well. So that's the interesting thing. But uh, the principles are the same from a product perspective and product discovery. Um, so actually, you can be quite diverse in your product portfolio. That's quite a big investment, not just financially with your headcount and technology, but also of time and skill development there as as well. So this must be worth it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we've been thinking about this for a couple of years and looking at the numbers of amount of media spend going into Amazon. And um, it felt like a good horse to back. So just on that then, so you were, were you managing the media spend or were you looking at that as just what your clients were doing anyway or their competitors? And was that how, how you were feeding your decision? Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, so a mixture of both. But yeah, just from a holistic big picture perspective, you know, more and more um, media spend is take, being taken away from Facebook, Google and into, into Amazon. So with the looking at media spend uh, for, for Amazon, was that then pushing you to think about how you could naturally op- like try and push those products up rather than just being into media spend as well? Yeah, Is- I, mean, I, I mean, same principles of SEO versus yeah. paid search, right? Um, you need a dual strategy. Um, and often the, the, the best traffic is the organic traffic. It's, it's for free to, to some extent. Um, so, yeah, we, we start with, as I said, the basic SEO principles, which are understanding the algorithm and optimizing products um, with, that, with that in mind. So, yeah, we're going after the people that are actually already searching for your products or your products in that sort of category. And then from a, an acquisition, customer newer customer acquisition perspective, we also then build in, you know, AMS or paid search functionality within the... What's AMS? Uh, AMS is Amazon Media Services, okay. which is essentially a way of booking media spend through the Amazon platform. So, you know, branding opportunities or delivering um, adverts to Kindle, as you know, as I described. Um, but you can still obviously run a paid search 
I'm doing inverted commas as I speak, um, <laughs> campaign through AMS as well. This is a whole new world. So um, you mentioned some technology uh, that you have been developing here. Um, where, what area does that sit in? Is that the organic side or paid? It's actually a variety of tools which are helping us better monitor things like pricing so that clients can adjust their pricing on a, on a more fluid basis um, and compete um, uh, efficiently against some of their competitors. It's, it's helping us better manage um, sales forecasts. One of, the, one of the big things that Amazon hates is when a product is not available uh, and you'll just drop off from, a, from an algorithm perspective. So a better way of managing your sales um, forecasting Will, will, will mean you're going to be much more higher visibility on Amazon more regularly. So, yeah, we've developed a suite of tools which scrape all that information uh, from competitors and, and, and from uh, the actual clients as well. So uh, that's openly available through Amazon then for you to look at your competitors? Yeah, it is, yeah. And the, the interesting thing is that um, Amazon's quite in its infancy compared to a lot of the tools that we can use on Facebook, Instagram, or, or even Google. Um, and they, they're a little bit behind the curve on that in terms of the tools that agencies can use. Um, so we're, we're a Facebook and Google Premier agency partner. We get access to everything that we need. Amazon's still sort of a little bit, well, it is behind, and we felt actually we needed to create our own tools to, to fill that gap, um, and, and that's what we've done. And, um, yeah, you, you, there's a huge amount of data that you can grab from the platform through, through the, for the, from the tools that we've developed. This podcast is brought to you by CoverageBook, the reporting tool that's made by PR people for PR people. Head to coveragebook.com for your free trial. You've mentioned that it's, you, you've, you've got clients in all sorts of different sort of product sectors. You've mentioned sort of beauty products, it could be food. Um, I don't think I've ever bought food from Amazon, but it's a, that is a whole section, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so like we work for a protein supplement business. I think it's technically a food. It could be a healthcare or fitness, I don't know. Um, actually, that's the interesting thing, is that that product should be in three or four different categories. But yeah, we're, we, we've just started working with an alcohol brand Alcohol brands are really investing into direct consumer uh, platforms, including Amazon, uh, and 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 because more people are drinking at home, different behaviour, less people going out to. Consume. Can you say what alcohol brands that uh, is? No, not at the moment. So we haven't announced okay. it. Um, but you know, significant uh, business that are basically looking for new channels to market um, in light of people going out less actually and consuming more products or more of their beverages at home. It's really interesting. I um, when I was at a PR agency, Diageo was my my only client, or just my biggest client, my only client. So I worked on Smirnoff and Guinness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it was always quite difficult to sort of prove the impact because with alcohol brands, it's like how do you prove that somebody is then? And people know that I've. Hang out quite a lot with James Alexander at Diageo. I was with him on last Friday when he's been on the podcast as well. And he goes into all sorts of um, uh, detail to try and approve the impacts and success of different lines of marketing of, of their alcohol brands. But this is great that you can just see direct sales. And that is a change in the way that, that those kind of products are, are being bought now. That's not yeah. um, uh, that's that's very different to when I was working for Diageo about well, 15 years ago? Wow, that's a long time. That's gone very quickly. But yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting that, that people are now buying on Amazon like that. 
Yeah, and I, I think yeah, there are certain categories which make sense. And I'm, you know, we're we're talking to a quite big pet food business at the moment. Um, you know, you mentioned beauty. You know, we work for PZ Cousins, and they've got a portfolio of brands from Imperial Leather to you know Sanctuary Spa, and actually really lovely products. But they're they're flying at the moment on Amazon. Um, and um, you know we started working with them six months ago, and they're increasing their investment all the time because they can see you can see quite quickly the impact that you can have just purely based on the amount of sales going through, just by little tweaks or improvement, incremental improvements in in how products are, are positioned on Amazon can make a really big difference very quickly. Mm. Um, and for some of your clients, is this something that they were? doing before I know that whenever I've worked with direct with um, product um, yeah like FMCG area it would always be that they would be working with their retailers and it would all be about sort of directing footfall or sales if you like or awareness but to the retailers so this is I guess a retailer but it's just a very different one because it's much more sort of direct impact but is this something they were doing before or have you introduced it's a, it's a yes. real mix, actually, and, and some people have still got a lot of hang-ups about Amazon. They don't feel it's right for them. Um, but interestingly, a lot of the companies we're meeting, their products are being resold on Amazon by other distributors yeah. and resellers, and, and therefore they're not in control of their brand and they're not in control of the pricing strategy. So a large part of this is, is almost like um, maintaining some order or actually a defensive strategy as well. So I think even if you don't want to be selling on Amazon, I think you need to try and get a grip of what's going on with your brand on Amazon because um, the likelihood here is that if you're not on there, someone is grabbing your product from somewhere in your supply chain and is, is, is merchandising it through Amazon. So, um, and if that's, in fact, one client we've been speaking to, part of the strategy is to try and better manage the resellers and pricing uh, differentiation and and uh, taking more control mm. um, and the, the, there are ways that we can help do that. That's quite interesting for a brand to be in competition with uh, a lesser known retailer. Um, or reseller, which, you know, yeah. that's the thing, they're, they're an authorised reseller but actually are, are, are doing extremely well on Amazon when the actual brand owner isn't and, yeah. and, and you know that's that comes down to your contractual um, arrangements and, and but actually it's an increasingly um, problematic area for clients so could we go back to the, opt- the the organic side to amazon so how products are appearing in searches you mentioned that there's a, a number of points that you have to achieve to be able to appear in searches what what are those things yeah yeah so it's um a lot of it is actually reminds me of the classic sort of keyword stuffing of seo yesteryear uh, from a sort of product page perspective and you know just making sure that you understand um, how people are searching discovering products on Amazon and, and also in which categories so we talked about protein well actually people could be finding that in health fitness in food and it's just making sure that you're actually present in all those different categories and understanding where the volume of search actually is one of the mistakes we see a lot of clients making is just not having the right number of images and right mix of product and lifestyle imagery, video content. You know, Amazon likes to see a certain fixed number of number of images on, uh, attached to products. Um, and product reviews is actually really, really important. Customer reviews um, has a huge impact on conversion. 
So, you know, how do you actually get people to review your product and post a review back in, in Amazon as well? So that there's, a, there's a, but the biggest thing by far is, is, is stock availability. Um, if your stock is not available, you drop down the rankings. Um, they also like you to support with some AMS spend. So that is factored into the algorithm as well. So th there's a whole host of different things to consider um, when, when trying to understand how to game the algorithm. Um, you mentioned that you've over the yeah that you've been in preparation to really have this service in full flow for a, a year, um, and you've got people sort of dedicated um, to to this service. What kind of skill sets are within that team? It sounds like there's a, a sort of a mixture here of sort of like paid experience, but also understanding algorithms. What kind of hires did you need to make? Actually, we we've we uh, to to some extent we've actually moved people across. So people who are working in our SEO team and paid search team, actually some of them have asked to come across um, because you know they see it as a great learning opportunity, um, something a bit different. So yeah, you're right. A lot of those um, more traditional skills are have been moved across into into the into the Amazon team. But actually, the interesting thing is also creative as well. Um, so we have our own creative team that increasingly are developing assets for Amazon as well, in the same way they're developing assets for um, you know Facebook really or Google Shopping. It's understanding and testing what's working from a creative perspective. And when you say creative, is that imagery? Imagery and video content. Yeah. Okay. What kind of video content? Uh, mostly product and the same sort of uh, formats you're seeing on Facebook and Instagram to some extent. But, you know, we talked about how Amazon's also becoming more of a branding uh, platform as well. So use of video um, within some of those ad formats through the Amazon ecosystem um, is, is, is a priority for a lot of the clients we're working with. So it, it's it's interesting that it, you know, it's taking two or three or four actual diff different skill sets to actually construct an Amazon offering. Mm -hmm. And then obviously we, we've, we have a... We don't, obviously, but we have a data science team that are building a lot of this stuff. Yeah, it's not obvious, Jim. <laughs> so, yeah, we have three full-time developers that are creating tools as well. So, actually, you've got PPC, SEO, PR, creative, and development um, resource all sort of working together on this. You're definitely a digital marketing agent. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened to me? I used to be a PR man and now I'm, I'm a digital person. Well, let's talk about that though because as I said right at the beginning, I've loved watching Three Pipes development from afar, uh, mainly because I relate to some of the different elements of PR and SEO and then I went off to software through Coverage Book, and, uh, which is a slightly different route. Um, and now um, I'm finding out about all of these amazing services that you guys are now doing and, and how uh, different you, you look at Three Pipe to, you know, maybe what you were. Did you say how long have you been going? Uh, 2004, so yeah, 16 years. Yeah. Um, we still have a PR team, you know, yeah, you know I mean? cool. and that, that's still a key focus for us. Though I'd say that's moving more, the conversations are moving more to digital PR, which you'll be yes. happy about. Um, I feel like the last couple of years we've seen more briefs coming through on that. And actually PR to us is, you know, we have a lot of social um, uh, programs, campaigns, influencer outreach. So yeah, traditional is still important, but actually, it's increasingly for us, it's more, it's more digital PR really. I mean, if you could, do you? I'm interested to know, like, where. I mean, you don't have to sort of fully share all of this, but it's interesting for me to think about 
marketing just generally and like where the brief comes in from. So, I mean, that flow of here's a product, we need to get some sales and uh, here's some great PR with product recommendations and uh, product placement, whether it's reviews, et cetera, et cetera, to then be passing those links through to Amazon and then seeing then the full sort of optimize, organic optimization, paid ads, then direct sales. I mean, that is a, a lovely story to be told. Yeah. Um, do you have many of your sort of original PR clients now moving over to Amazon or are they coming in through the Amazon brief? Yeah, like where, is it a mix? Where do your yeah. briefs come from? It's a real mix, actually. I think I think the thing that pulls all that together, you know, the funnel or the flywheel, whatever you, you know want to call it, is actually insight and planning. And so, you know, we've become more and more reliant on working with our planning team to actually understand what is the right mix of strategies, because no one, no one can afford to do everything, because that's that's a lot of different work you've described. And the reality is, media, well, marketing budgets haven't necessarily um, increased in the line with the amount of media fragmentation. Um, and all those things you've talked about are important. You know, uh, broadcast coverage can do a huge job in in accelerating sales as much as making sure that when they come to Amazon, they can find you. And I think it's it's trying to understand at what point you're sort of helping clients. And what, and often that comes down to what resource do they have in-house, what other agencies do they work with, where do they actually most need that help. Um, but increasingly, we're becoming more and more reliant on, on, as I say, the strategy and planning side to actually guide us as to which teams make more sense to have in the room. Um, but increasingly, it's it's more integrated. Um, but yeah, it's coming from both sides, upsell, cross-sell. Mm. The conversation, I, I you know, I had a conversation started with someone, with actually with Pizza and Cousins, it was starting to talk about PR, and, and now we're helping with all their Amazon work. So it's funny where the conversation might start, what you end up doing is completely different. Do you have any clients that are uh, ticking most of those boxes? First, I've got two parts of this question. Okay. <laughs> First part of the question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say, like, um, say, I don't know, and a client would be working with us across an average of about three channels with us, which, you know, would be PR, SEO, paid search, Amazon. So, and that number is tracking upwards. Um, and that might be because, you know, we have the ability to take that work into different channels. The, the reality is that every channel impacts another yeah. and you can't isolate them. We don't live in those silo channels anymore. And you need a holistic view or a data-led view to tell you what you should be doing and how one piece of work impacts another channel. So. Oh, you led me very nicely into the second part of my question. Right. <laughs> um, measurement and reporting, because yeah. I love that. Um, do you have separate reports for those different lines or do they sort of merge together? Because obviously they do kind of influence each other, um, but then they also have their own standalone success as well. Yeah, and I guess that depends on who we report into and how they want to see the information. So we have, for some clients, we have dedicated PR, in-house PR clients. For some, it's more marketing directors. You know, we, we've spent, um, like you guys, I guess, quite a bit of time on more sort of uh, dash, dashboards. So we've built our own dashboards, um, more data visualization, more sort of how you aggregate that data. Nice. We've also built our own attribution uh, software as well. So, you know, helping clients make sense of that data. Yeah. Because actually, if you can't, then you don't really know where to start. And, 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 and in fact, that's becoming an increasingly frequent conversation. It's like, 
we just don't know what's working. Help us figure out what's yeah. working. Well, the uh, the last podcast was actually all about attribution and whether earns and PR can even play in an attribution model. Um, I know that when I was working for, let's see, actually, maybe I won't talk about brands. Um, <laughs> I was working for big retailers and uh, I was actually, yeah, really sort of doing the SEO, but leading link building. And even SEO struggled to be part of the full attribution models that they were ha- that they had in place for the rest of their digital marketing. But that's mainly because of the amount of budget that they were spending on pays and affiliates. But PR definitely wasn't involved and definitely would not be part of the conversation back then. Whether that's changed now, I don't know, but it's difficult. It's, it's, it's hard. We all know the, the amazing impact it can have. Yeah. It's just getting to those numbers, isn't it? Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, most of the attribution conversations we have are around paid media um, uh, and often I guess people see I don't know you could argue that PR they see as, as, as organic and therefore less value attached to it I, it's not it's not money leaving their business and so they're rightly or wrongly there's more of a sort of priority on like oh god we've spent one million pounds on media last year but we don't know what's working but they often won't talk about how they've got like five or six people sat outside the room just churning out social content and understand not understanding the value of that as well but yeah i think that i think because there is, there is a paid value attached to it rather than not attached to it that's where that's what they're mostly interested in i wonder if we'll ever get there one day <laughs> Who takes the click? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the the last uh, I did the last podcast was um, with Russell McCaithy, who has is an attribution expert, and but he hasn't been able to bring PR fully into any of the models that he's worked on, just because it is very difficult. But um, he also shared that cookie um, data length has is being reduced at the moment. So I mean, full attribution is really going to be difficult in the future anyway if that carries on reducing. But interesting probably a whole sort of more than a podcast worth of conversation um so okay so like where where is where do you think the um areas that you guys are offering for your clients are are going do you think this is going to be an area that's going to keep growing for you amazon or do you think other areas might pop up yeah i I think amazon will you know that we we had a an event last week and we had some really positive conversations i think um a lot of people don't have an amazon strategy at all which um, I think is is something that's going to change over the next. Well, I think it has to change because they're just they're just getting more and more market share. I can't see that Amazon giant sort of disappearing anytime soon. In other parts of the business, yeah, I mean, um, we were talking about digital PR earlier. I mean, us integrating our SEO and PR and creative teams in terms of asset builds and all that sort of stuff from a, from a, a linkable asset strategy, all that sort of stuff is is definitely an area we're we're focusing on as well. Um, anywhere that can any sort of opportunity like that where we can prove a value to the work we're doing, depending on how you view value, is an area that we're interested in. Do you find that? Um all of your PR campaigns now, sort of, you're you're reporting with an SEO impact at the end. Yeah, and to be honest, even if we're not asked to, we do, um, because you know soft metrics aren't 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 going to help us retain a client necessarily. I think we're always trying to take clients on a journey, and any of the very traditional that that's fine, but we'll always try and you know bring them with us. Because at the end of the day, we, we want to retain our clients and grow our clients and demonstrate the value we're delivering. And if we just go along with the status quo, then nothing's going to change. 
Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Good points. And um, for the people who are listening and are doing PR for similar kinds of products that we've been talking about, but this may sound like a very big growth area that maybe they wouldn't want to or maybe not be able to invest the time and the budgets into moving into this area. But thinking, okay, this is going on. I need to definitely either join up my my reporting or at least just know what's going on. Who, How should they get started in finding out whether this is happening on their products that they're working on and on their clients? Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure it will be happening. I mean, if I were them, I, you know, what I think is interesting at the moment, you know, we've got a specialist Amazon team, but I'm starting to see specialist Amazon agencies popping up, not just in the States, but also I'd say in the last few months, I've seen at least three um, new Amazon agencies starting. So if I were them, I'd be looking to sort of meet with them, partner with them, get to know them, start working with them and build up your knowledge that way. That's, mm. what, I, that's what I would be doing. I mean, I just remember when I was first started in the search area and be like, okay, let's go and meet the PR. Just because I knew PR, I was able to then go, hi, we're the search agency. We we should work together because we're going to massively help each other. And it's the same kind of thing here, isn't it? Like that they, if you're in PR and there is another agency doing this kind of Amazon work, they can massively help prove sales from your PR <laughs> and vice versa. Like if you can drive traffic to their to their site, you're, you're going to help them too. So it's a little bit of back scratching going on. Well, I mean, everything should be uh, complementary. You know, I, I, so I don't want to use the word integrated because some people don't like that word. But I, I think everything is becoming closer and closer together. And so, yeah, for, for me, it would make sense to reach out and talk to those people and understand where actually there's some commonality or efficiency and where you can help each other for sure. Nice. Thank you so much for sharing your where three pipes going, but also some tips uh, for our listeners too. Thank you so much, Jim. Pleasure. Thank you very much. This is the PR Resolution Podcast. Keep in touch by following me on Twitter at Stella Bales. For more reading on PR, head to blog.coveragebook.com. Don't forget to tune in to the next episode and make sure you subscribe to the series on iTunes now. See you there.